Alright, hello everybody and welcome once again to the center of infinity. This is EK the DJ alongside Miss Courtney. Hi guys. And special guest from Great Geek Refuge, Mike Lunsford. Hello, hello. And we are going to be talking this evening about the myths surrounding printed money. Um, of course, with our regular segments as well, because we don't want to leave you guys wanting. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about our weeks. Yeah. How are you doing this week, Courtney? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Just been working a lot. And how's Work- a new job? Good. It's really good. Uh, busy, stressful. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, you know, working on stuff for the station, so... Yeah, which has been really awesome and convenient, especially for me, because it means that I don't have to do all the things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's great to have people like Mike involved, uh, so I don't have to do all these extra things, and Courtney involved, so I don't have to do all these extra things, and Scott involved, so I don't have to do all <laughs> these extra things. Um, these are our, our, our three most producing producers, producing multiple shows every week. Um taking a lot of the load off my shoulders so i am so grateful of course man it's always always good to be part of the team and we're growing we're growing like wildfire we've got a full docket of shows uh throughout the week now and we're looking at uh we're looking at potentially uh moving forward into maybe a real like larger studio space um very all all very initial you know we're just just talking things over right now but but there's a real real potential for a downtown location eventually Sounds exciting. Um, also, we've gotten some support from uh, from some old school supporters uh, wanting to get back involved. So we're going to see some familiar faces in studio really soon. I'm really excited about that, too. Me, too. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> it so. was just cool. It was cool to get to be part of another show that's here. Because um, normally... Well, the last time I did something like that, it was for a different group, which shall remain nameless. Um, so it was just cool to be part of somebody else's show and see them kind of do their thing instead of, because normally it's like me on Fridays and it's just, you pop in for a second and you're like, I got to go DJ, bye. And then it's just me running things by myself. So it was it was cool to see other people doing awesome things here. Mike, did you want to um, plug, plug that upcoming project? Oh, you mean the one that I just put on iTunes today? Oh, that's perfect then. <laughs> perfect timing. I know. It is. So the project that I'm working on, um, and it's something that is near and dear to both my heart and EK's heart because we're both huge music files. Like, we just love music in general. And I, it's mostly, like, 90s stuff, like 90s and early 2000s stuff. But I just have, like, this encyclopedic knowledge of all of the stuff, like, behind the scenes that happened with music. So, like... For instance, the first uh, episode in the, sh- the title of the show is called um, Stop Me If You've Heard This. Okay. And it's basically like, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you the story about this thing, but stop me if you've heard this kind of thing. Yeah. And the first one I did was about uh, Weezer's second album they did called Pinkerton because it was one of those things where the first album came out. It was the blue album. Everybody was like, oh, this is so cool. They're such a fun, quirky band. Their second album, Pinkerton, came out. It had a different sound. It was way more personal, and it didn't sell commercially as well as the blue album did. I did hear the show. Oh, you did? That you did that. Um, it was really interesting. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't know all those things. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm going for is uh, like, a lot of people don't know it. And it's just for me, it's so much fun to talk about it. Yeah. But also too, like try to find some sort of thing 
not like a lesson, but not just a lesson, like something that you can take away from it. Like with Weezer, this album didn't sell well. It got critically panned. Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer, was like depressed for like years after it. And he was like, I did this personal thing and nobody liked it. And I'm sad. And it, it kind of changed all of their music. Yeah. And then it sold well later. And it like kind of revived his spirit. And it was it was this really great message of do what you feel is right and, and pour your heart out and, and pour it into something that you're passionate about because eventually if it's if it's true, if you're actually doing the right thing, it'll come around eventually. Like right. you just gotta be gotta be chill and realize that not everybody's gonna like it. And uh I just did the second episode uh today. It's up on iTunes. It sh- it'll take a day or two to show up, but uh, I'll be posting it um on my page, but I'll be posting it in the FXBG page too. But I did one about the Offspring. Oh, um, because the lead singer from the Offspring, the guy's name is Dexter Holland. Uh huh. Holy crap! This dude does everything. So <laughs> not only is he the you're gonna lead... give away your whole show. I'm not giving it all away. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> He's the lead singer of a punk band, but also too, he has a PhD in molecular biology. What? Yeah. Um. Not only that, he's a trained pilot he's a certified pilot instructor he created his own brand of hot sauce like the guy is just incredible oh my God, like what didn't he do exactly and that's why you should <laughs> listen to it because you can hear about all the things about them and then also kind of the history of the offspring and where they came from so oh, that's check cool. it out i'll have to check it out yeah i will be posting it this evening mm. so um mike the first one you did yeah was about pinkerton yeah specifically the album mm-hmm. and this one is about offspring in general it's it's mostly it's about the offspring and their history, but it also really goes into how Dexter Holland is not your typical stereotype for a punk rocker. I've got a, I've got a challenge for your next episode. Okay, what's my next episode? Dynamite Hacks album Super Fast. Okay. I need you to deep dive into that one. Do I now? Yeah. Okay. Needs you to. I need you to deep okay. dive into that one. I have. I've actually. It's interesting because the people like I call them like my 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 trusted advisors. You know, like my counsel, the people that I share the stuff with and I'm doing before I actually release it. I've gotten a request for that. I've gotten a request for Jimmy Buffett. Um, I've gotten a request for um, the Foo Fighters because the history of like when Dave Grohl after Kurt Cobain passed away and Dave had a like this like fork in the road moment where he had to decide what he was going to do with his life that a lot of people were like, dude, that was really fascinating. Why don't you go into that one? And then also somebody was like, Hey, go into this weird cursed thing going on with people who are involved with anything Superman on TV and movies. Like there's this weird curse going on with it. (laughs) And like, yeah. So I've gotten, I've already gotten a couple of requests and I think that's pretty cool that people are already excited about this. And they're like, dude, I want to hear you talk about this. So that's cool. Yeah. And now I have another one dynamite hack. So I got to keep you on your toes. I'm going to Google it. Shit right now. Oh wait, are we allowed? Su- to cu- are we allowed to cuss on this show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, just making sure. <laughs> Super, no one's gonna al- stop Specifically, you. the album Super Fast. I, I was one of my favorite albums. My brother and I uh, used to uh, enjoy lots of the songs from that album, especially because of the lyrical ridiculousness. You know, everyone knows the song "Boys in the Hood." Yeah. That they covered, but you know, the rest of the album's really punk rock. And and uh, there's the mellow version of the song anyway that was a hidden track on the CD. Was so freaking good. I just got to say, um, real quick, you mentioned your brother. I had this awesome uh, moment of nostalgia because um, on Instagram, um, a picture, for whatever reason, it popped up of him when he went to the Neil Diamond concert and he was dressed up like, um, what's his name? Like Jason Biggs from that movie um, when they were obsessed with uh, Neil Diamond. And I can't remember the name of the movie now. Um, it was him. And why can I not remember the name of this stupid movie? Because um, you have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Amanda Pete is in it. Um 
and what's the other guy's name? Um, Steve Zahn is in it as well. Mm. And, and he's saving Silverman. Okay. Nothing. You nothing. At EK like just nothing. <laughs> no response. I, I know who Steve Zahn is. Okay. I'm just saying you don't. You're not like. Oh yeah. No, I remember that. Nothing. Like. No, I say, but come on, yay ha. There it is. Is that what you were looking yes, for? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Which, by the way, I was listening to Holly Holy the other day. Yeah. And I was really upset that I didn't hear. You know the coming of Yeha, but apparently it's from a live version. I didn't know that. <laughs> I forgot Jack Black's in the movie too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Jack Black and Arlie Ermy become lovers. Oh, that's such a great movie. Mm. I'm so gay. Yeah, really. Me too. Like that was the best. <laughs> I'm looking up this album right now, Dynamite oh. Hack. Let's see what we got here. I'm trying to oh. see if I can find anything on in, on Wikipedia. Superfast is the major label debut album of the rock band Dynamite Hack and was released on May 23rd, 2000. That's all I got right now. That's all right. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll have more. Is that it? That's cool. That's it. That's all, that's all that exists of this album. It's okay. We got, plen- we got plenty more to talk about. Oh, yeah. So we're going to dive into uh, some stuff surrounding conspiracies regarding printed money so there's there's a pile of them and and i'm sure that you've heard of a good handful of them but a couple on this list i'd never heard of um so i guess we just should start at the top um yeah uh the 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 printing on the dollar is placed by the illuminati as depicted by the pyramid seal on the left side so i think that's that's an that's an old school um yeah. Everyone's known that the, the all-seeing eye on top of the pyramid, and it's and it's you know, the Illuminati symbolism. Yeah, there. they <laughs> said that that seal is called the Lesser Seal, which I did not know. Wasn't familiar with that one. Um, but this is your list, so you really should uh you sh- you really should uh take the charge on this one. Okay, <laughs> it was your idea. It was not easy to find. Um, I actually thought it was gonna be much easier to find conspiracies on it than it was. But it wasn't. Um, okay. So the the seal that's on the left side. Oh, we, we did that already. Um, the seal that's on the right side, um, they say, is symbols of Satan. The stars above the eagle are actually arranged in a pentagram um, representing 666. Um, the sides, the points, and the amount of stars in the hexagram. So it's supposed to, it's supposed to represent Satan and, um, how the all seeing eye on the other side is above the pyramid. It's supposed to represent the fact that it is Satan looking down on everybody watching his quote unquote minions. Yeah. The 13 steps represent this somehow, but I'm not like, like the 13 is, yeah. So is, it's like all over the place. Right. So the 13 steps on the pyramid are supposed to, supposed to refer back to that and supposed to refer back to the Illuminati. Um, they actually showed there's a picture, um, that somebody depicted like forever ago that, uh, was Satan sitting on top of that half pyramid with the 13 steps. So that's why it's supposedly a representation of it. 
Um, and then also it's supposed to represent the 13 bloodlines that make up the Illuminati. Um, and some of those bloodlines include um, the names of like Bundy and Kennedy, Onassis, Lee, and DuPont. Um, you know, some of those like really famous and like, you know, hard hitting names. Those are all supposed to be people that were part of the original bloodline of the Illuminati. Um, and then the number 13 is also depicted in the olive branches that the eagle has in one in one talon and then the arrows in the other talon. There's also 13 of those and there's 13 stripes um, in the eagle's shield. And so some people will tell you that it's supposed to represent the 13 colonies of the original United States. But, of course, you know, conspiracy theorists feel as though they can debunk that. I, I'd like say I'm, I, I'm pulling up my I got I grabbed my computer. I'm pulling stuff up. I want to see this because like, <laughs> no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so like I'm I'm so like no on this. This is so. What's crazy is like look, the thirteen is definitely legit though. Like there's a lot of those thirteen things. Like you can definitely look at yeah. the money and see the thirteen things like repeating itself. Yeah. So like so you can I mean you can really like see all these things, and then you know and it was hard to like go through the things. You have to you have to like look at it and then kind of like reference back to like a dollar bill and stuff like that because some things like some things that conspiracy theorists had up there were just they were totally just made up. But like um you know like these things these are real things. These are real things that are all on there. Like it's it's really it's really very random. It, it definitely feels that way. <laughs> well, and, and what I'm doing right now is, and thank you for the, the dollar. I appreciate that. Uh, you can have that back. Um, the, the thing that, that's interesting about this is there's so many things going on. and Yeah. Okay, like for instance, the eye. The eye above the the um, the pyramid. That, it's called the eye of providence. And the eye of providence mm-hmm. or the all-seeing eye of God is a symbol that is originated in Christian icono- uh, iconography. Show, uh, showing an eye often surrounded by rays of light or a glory and usually enclosed by a triangle. It represents the eye of God watching over humanity. Like the whole Illuminati conspiracy thing. The Illuminati has been something that's existed for a really long time, but the conspiracy thing is new. Right. Like that's all, well, that's got to be the Illuminati. Like it's, I, I think that all of these symbols had different meanings and now people are trying to attribute them to things that don't really make sense. And they're trying to take everything at the same time. You're getting so much information and none of it all ties together. So they're having conspiracy theories to kind of like, it's like that picture you, they have on the internet that becomes a meme of uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's got like this, the board where it shows like all the things together. That's yeah. like how everybody works with conspiracy theories. Now. Well, I mean, that's true. And really, yeah. I mean, you can poke holes in anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but you know, like, yeah, like some of it is kind of weird and some of it is kind of random. Um, but yeah, so it talks about all these, all these things. And then, um, I really can't remember, I can't remember how to pronounce this name. Um, but the 13th bloodline is said to be Mer- Mervinian, Mervin, Merovingian. Ah, there you go. Um, I heard it last night and I was like, yeah, I got this. And then I totally lost it. Um, 
But yeah, so and that bloodline is supposed to be the bloodline that will produce the Antichrist. See, I'd never heard that before. I'd no, never, I'd never even heard the Merovingian word. Like that's that's entirely new information to me. Where did yeah. this come from? <laughs> so, so I started. Who are these people? I know. So there, there was a website that I started to get um, a lot of this information from, and then I. I was telling EK last night, I went to bring it back up, and of course it was like blocked. It's gone. The domain is gone. Yeah, it's just gone. It brings... <laughs> and I was like, it, what is it went this? Back, it went back to the dark web. Yeah. Never to be seen again. <laughs> so then I couldn't like... I couldn't like put it on here as a reference because you just click it and it's just a. Blank, I was I was trying to remember the Merovingian. Page. I'm like, because the, the the Merovingians is a family, but I was like, why is that name sticking in my head? Mm-hmm. The Merovingian was the bad guy in the second Matrix movie. Like he was the weird <laughs> dude with the with the uh, German accent. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and he was like, yeah, that, that, and I was like, that's where that name is sticking out. Okay. Because, but that's the point: is the Merovingian is supposed to be somebody who controls everything, and this guy right. it just it's it's so convoluted and just <laughs> like I I understand that it I I love conspiracy theories. Per, mm-hmm. First off, let me state that I'm a huge fan of them because they're fascinating. Because some of them are so cool and so out there and so outlandish. Do I think any of them are true? Almost no. Almost none of them are. But it's comforting for us to think that the world isn't random. Right. And that the world, that shit just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because the, it's scary to think that, like, there's, at any moment, at any time, some bad shit could happen and there's nothing we can do about it. It's actually more comforting to think that there's somebody above us pulling all the strings, this puppet master that makes the world go round. And it's, that, it's fun. That nothing too terrible will ever happen. Exactly, yeah. Because because yeah. some 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 old... Turkish Frankish dynasty that <laughs> ruled parts of Europe and and you know 300 years ago <laughs> like it, it's just it's it's outlaying or no I'm sorry founded in 450 AD so yeah. they've been around for thousands of centuries do you really think that like some family some evil family has been controlling the world for almost 2000 years it's just so outlandish to think especially like when you look at like all of the bloodlines from like yeah um from kings and queens they they were so inbred and so like just an a, a absolute disaster. There's no way that they're still functioning this long. I don't know. I mean, like, but it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. It's got to come from somewhere. So maybe, so even if it's not, like, exactly the conspiracy that we think it is. Yeah. I mean, the story comes from, it does come from somewhere. So, um, but basically, while you're getting lost in all these numbers, because there are a lot of numbers um, to kind of, like, remember everything that's going on. Um, the Roman numerals at the bottom are sub- at the bottom of the pyramid on the lesser seal are supposed to represent 1776, which was the founding year of the Illuminati. Um, and it's also su- with all that tied in, it's supposed to represent the Bohemian Grove. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bohemian Grove, but it's <clears throat> it's like a place. And it's, Where, it's like a club too, right? Like it's yes. not just that, a place. That song by Queen, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, it's also it's also like a boys' club. Um, it's a Freemasonry type mm, of thing. California, yeah. yeah. George W. Bush was part of it. Like I remember a couple of years ago, like some pictures came out that mm-hmm. were like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. Yep. And um, 
And actually, the what do I want to call it? I guess like the place of like, if you want to call it like worship, um, there is a giant like cement owl. It's um, 40 feet tall. And the cement owl is supposed to represent Lilith, who is another form of Satan. If you guys remember. Um, but if you look, if you look on the front of the dollar bill in the corner where there's a number one, there's an itty bitty teeny tiny little owl. And that owl is supposed to like represent everything that happens there. There's, it's said to, um, they're supposed to, uh, sacrifice things, um, under that owl. Supposedly. What's up with the owl? <laughs> what's um, going on there? That's what I want to know. I want to know what's up with the owl. I told you, the owl. The owl is supposed to. The owl is supposed to represent Lilith. That's supposed to be. No, no, I get the that symbol. I get that, but why an owl? Why what? Why the owl? Yeah, I get that it's supposed to represent Lilith, but why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why does the owl represent Lilith? Something about knowledge. Like, um, I did read it, but I don't remember. Yeah, and they took the site down before you could figure it out. Yeah, it was a lot of information, too. Because the government didn't want you to know. I know. This is what I try to tell EK. <laughs> That's what happens. They were like, oh, this bitch found it. We got to take it down. Or they now. just didn't pay their domain dues. Or <laughs> So, so the, the different number of feathers on the wing of the eagle? Yeah. So the interesting thing about that one is, like, they don't look like real eagle wings. Right. They they look like like they're too perfect. Like shields. They're almost. too structured. They're too perfect. Yeah. Um, but there's different numbers on each of the wings and it's supposed to represent the tiers of Freemasonry. Whoa. I don't like it. <laughs> Whoa. This is making says. me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well the funny thing is is like it, there's this with a lot of these conspiracy theories, they're mm-hmm. they're not well formed in, in a lot of aspects. Like one of them that, that bothers me is when people start doing the Illuminati and the Freemasons are the same thing. They're not. They're completely <laughs> yeah. different. And they're, they'll, they'll like, oh, well, that's when the Illuminati found. No, actually, that was 1776 was the year that America was founded. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, but this is an Illuminati symbol. Well, it's a Freemason symbol. So it's it, it's just like right. you're taking bits and pieces and just smashing it together and putting it on a website. And then it gets shared and it gets reshared. And it's, it's fascinating. And like the, the Bohemian Grove thing is like mm-hmm. super crazy to read over. Cause you hear about all these like rich, powerful people that were part of this club mm-hmm. and like the weird shit that they do. And I really just think, I mean, it just looks like it was just rich white people that just like to be left <laughs> alone is what it looks like. And it makes it more interesting when you think that they're doing like, you know, evil satanic things with it. But like, I really think it's just rich white people doing rich white people things. Like people that want to be left alone in the yeah, middle of the woods. Sip brandy, you know, with, with your hand held out, like, you know, smoking cigars, saying things like, yes, mm, indeed. So what about, what <laughs> okay. about the, uh, what about the Anuit Septus Novus Ordo Seclorum Latin that surrounds the Great Seal? Ooh. So Novus Ordo Sec- Seclorum is translated to a new order of the ages. Yes, but not a new world order. No. EK. A new order of the ages. <laughs> um, and what's it? Uh, Enuit Septus is uh, something like God, uh, God approves our undertaking or God favor our undertakings or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
So, favor our undertakings of a new order of the ages. What do you think about that? They talked way cryptic way back in those days. Democracy in America. That's probably what it's talking (laughs) about. Welcome. Freedom. 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 Liberty. America. America. Going to other countries, taking their assets, setting up a puppet government. And saying they got nuclear weapons, and then going over there and starting another war. Woo, freedom. So, uh, and then there's then there's the whole Fed side of things, which we're not going to get into this episode. No, there was so much there's, I didn't put it on there. There's so much. Did you know the Did you know that the Fed is not a government organization? It's not in any way affiliated with the American government. I didn't until yes. I read such. I actually have a friend who I was in the army with, who is big into this, and like. I messaged him before I came on because EK said we were going to be talking about this. And he was just like, let me tell you about all the truths. And, li-. and I'm like, oh, God. You know what? Never mind. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Damn it. I started something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. like, But yeah, like in the, the other thing with money, and like I knew we were going to go into this stuff. But like one of the other things that I thought was interesting was like we went from at one point, actually like the money was backed by silver. Uh-huh. And it changed at one point, and now they're promissory notes. So basically, like dollar is like it's basically like writing a check. It's basically saying, "Here, I promise that this is worth something." <laughs> yeah. When it, and it completely changed, and I was trying to ask, I asked him why, and he he explained it, but it was I didn't understand. Yeah, like I read this article. We'll have to um do another like a continuation show on it. Um, but yeah, I read this article that was like, uh, paper money is really just IOUs that the banks are full of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it could burn us at some point in the future. I just don't know how. Yeah. Like, I don't really understand how the finance side of things works. Like, I mean, I can't see a time when I would have to go take all of my cash and trade it in for gold bars. But right. Supposedly, you can do that, but (laughs) I I don't know how that works. So, yeah. I don't know how that would work either. So, that is our very succinct. Uh, talking of the paper money thing, unless anybody else has anything of note to bring up. This is a very short and sweet... Uh, we we got a ha- about a half an hour to talk about our main topic, um, yeah. and we leave a lot unsaid, um, which is okay, because that gives us the opportunity to revisit in future episodes. We can go paper money part two and part 17. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts on, on this topic, guys? I mean, do you think it's a conspiracy? Oh, I think there's definitely some hidden stuff going on in the dollar. Okay. It's old hidden stuff. I don't think it's anything relevant to today. Right. But I think back in 1776 or whatever. At the time. When, maybe not that far back, but when this, this printing of the dollar were, were this stuff that hasn't changed for years and years and years. I think at the time there was probably some some people throwing weight around saying, you know, this is our money. This is what it's going to represent. Right. And I think that there, yeah, I think there's some symbolism there that, that hasn't been explained to us. Um, the 13 could definitely refer to the 13 original colonies. Yeah. That's um, what the historians say. Um, so I'm, la- I'm, not, I'm not 100% buying the conspiracies that are laid out in front of us. Right. But I definitely think that there's some things that need more explaining. Like when you fold the 20 all them different ways and you can see the towers burning. Oh, for crying out. <laughs> Those are hedges. Okay. You've seen, you've seen, you've seen the movie Half-Baked, right? Yeah. Like the part when Jon Stewart is talking to um, 
to Dave Chappelle, and he's just like, have you ever looked on the dollar, man? There's a guy hiding in the bushes, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever looked at the back of the dollar bill? On weed. <laughs> and he turns his head all the way to one side when he says it. Yeah. What's that all about? There's a conspiracy. John Stewart, what is going on <laughs> in Half-Baked? <laughs> you ever watch that movie, On Weed? On Weed. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this owl thing now. Like, I'm, I'm looking it up. Apparently, like, ooh, you can Google map it. Ooh, fancy. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things happening. Like, this, I don't think was, I don't think this even covered like a quarter of what I found. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I really just think it, it's rich white people doing weird shit. And like, think about like if you've ever been to like a really fancy building, uh-huh. and you'll see like an art piece there yeah and it doesn't really make sense it's just just art and they don't really understand it either you're like well why is that thing it looks kind of like a robot what is that i don't know it's art like i think that that's what yeah. the owl thing is is somebody was just like hey we should have a really cool sculpture here man and they were like what do you want to get i don't know what your son's an artist why don't you have him make something and he made like a big owl and he's like well what's that supposed to represent and he starts explaining like the meaning behind it and he's like yeah you know what just shut up go away like we have this really cool thing it's, <laughs> it's an owl and then like somebody was like well what does it mean and he's like i it symbolizes knowledge. Sure, let's go with it. Like it's yeah. I really think that it's it's more I have this belief that people are lazier than we give them credit for. Yeah. Like somebody was just like, Oh that that's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna put it here. Yeah. There's same thing cool shit here now. Same thing with the dollar. I think people just put stuff on there because they're like, This looks cool or like Ooh, people <laughs> will think this is something really it's, special and it's nothing. I will say this though, I yep. do think that it's awfully intricate. It is, yeah. Like, if you, you know just look I mean? at it, there's a lot of patterns and stuff. And, like, if you've looked yeah. at other countries' money, it's normally just, like, a face of some ruler and that's it. And their money's, like, all different colors, like Monopoly <laughs> like money. Like Monopoly yeah. money, yeah. Yeah. Yep. We have respect for our money. It's one color. It's green. It's art. And that's it. It's art. And nobody understands it. Awesome. <laughs> there was, um, I'll have to, like, send it to you guys. But there was a whole article that talked about the blue stripe on the $100 bill and how the blue stripe on the $100 bill is supposed to represent, like, a waterfall. Like, it's... It's a security measure. It's, it's a magnetic so stripe. It's so, so that, it's so that people can't replicate it. Right. It's so you can't make Jeez. the fake money. We don't, we don't live in Star Trek. You can't just replicate things. <laughs> <laughs> they got these things called copy machines. I don't know if you've seen them or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny copy machines you can copy anything people anything make people with machine look anything. I've done my butt on those things and it just comes out as a flat blurry piece of paper hmm. I'm just saying you, you are you are a white guy I mean you do oh. have a flat ass I mean it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's flat ass it's not your fault I mean it's genetics man it's science alright alright Eric so now you have to explain the next uh the next segment. I don't think I have guests. to say. I don't have to explain anything. Fine. I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna eat it. Uh, so this is our mystery munchie segment. Um, <laughs> this is when uh, Courtney brings a delicious treat for me to eat. Yeah. Um, c- courtesy of her business, Five Four O Foodie Chick. Uh, she makes all kinds of different foods and some very cool original recipes and you'd be silly to not look into it and order something and eat something awesome that she has prepared all the munchies all of them 
So, so this week I actually did something that was kind of cool. So I do meal prep for people. Um, and so this week I did dinner. Do I get to partake in these munchies as well? Yes. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> um, so we'll see what EK thinks. I'm not supposed to tell you what it is until EK tries it. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, okay, okay. So you can find me on Facebook at 540 Foodie Chick, or um, you can get a hold of me through email, which is also 540 Foodie Chick at gmail.com. There's many a ways you can message me. Oh my God, it smells so good. How did you get into the cooking thing in the first place? Is this something you've always wanted to do? Or Yeah. Um, ever since I was a kid, I decided I was going to be a chef. And then I went to culinary school. Oh, nice. Okay. So yeah. you, do have a, you have a background in it. It's not like you were just like one day, I'm like, I'm making cakes. Like it's, you <laughs> yeah. actually know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. So hopefully EK has good things to say. Well, we will find out. And hopefully out. you have good things to say. You should go over there and um, make a make a thing. Make a plate. Oh, well, I, I will now. Be yes. right back. All right. So. Yeah. He'll be back. I am taking my first bite. Mm, mm, mm. I decided to go with the meat product first. <laughs> um, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, it's chicken. Got a little sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Some kind of gravy. <laughs> or sauce. Yeah. Um, it's pretty solid. Your descriptions are just on point. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been cooked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thoroughly, all the way through. <laughs> it is not raw in any way. Um, so the chicken that EK is referring to is a um is an oil poached chicken. Oil poached chicken. Yep, and it's covered in an Italian marinade. Mm-mm-mm. And then the sauce that he was referring to is a red onion honey chutney. Ooh. This is Ch- chutney. Yes, I love that word. Is this is this gnocchi? Yes. Okay. So and then um, mm. what Mike was talking about is a warm um gnocchi like sort of piccata. It's got like capers and onions and all kinds of yummy stuff in there. Mushrooms. <sighs> this is why we need to do a video cooking show. <laughs> Yeah, I'm totally with this too. Yeah, this is, we do, but this is good. Wow, this is this is really good. Thanks. Like this is better than than the, the recipes that you find in the cookie cutter restaurants. Like this is solid food. Yeah. There's flavorful. It's 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 complementary flavors. Like the gnocchi goes well with the chicken. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, I'm just it's just freaking good. And then and the gnocchi is not okay. So. Most of the time when you get it, if you get it somewhere, you're like going to Olive Garden, right? Yeah. And they never do it right. It's always overcooked. But this has got the right amount of chew to it. So yeah. like if you're going to get fancy and you're going to say words like Chata de la Renes, you know, this is al dente. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you. Yay. You know, you seen that video, the, the YouTube video, I guess it's YouTube video of the, the guy that's cooking. And like it's just a super cut of all the times that he makes that mm, noise. No. <laughs> <laughs> But he's cooking and he's describing it, and like every couple of seconds, like he's mm, like just just just. <laughs> he's really happy with his food. Mm, 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 mm. 
And it's just a supercut of all the times that he does this. That's funny. And it really is. It's just this guy really enjoys his food. <laughs> My new favorite one to watch is, and I can't remember the guy's name, and it's gonna and it makes me mad that I can't remember it. But basically he his whole thing is is he watches other videos on YouTube. Yeah. And then there's like a split screen and it's him commenting on the crazy food that they're making and him just going, Ooh, girl, you're not gonna do that, oh, are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And he making always... mac and cheese. Oh, it's bougie mac and cheese. Yeah, exactly. She, she's yeah. Gruyere. Yeah. It? She got all bougie. I'm bougie. I need to make this mac and cheese. Well that and like he watches this other uh YouTuber that I love and I can't remember her name either, but it's Emmy Emmy Cooks or something like that. And she's she's half Japanese and she makes these just insane Asian dishes or like these crazy old american dishes like for instance she has fallen in love with like making jello molds but out of weird stuff mm. so she yeah. made a jello mold out of spaghettios and had vienna sausages in it and the whole time that she's making it the guy's just like oh girl you're not gonna do that with spaghettios are you oh <laughs> oh gross girl like oh vienna sausages yeah yeah that that sounds super gross i think yeah. my favorite part of the macaroni and cheese one is when they start putting the vegetables and stuff in it and he's like oh what do y'all white people do it like white people yeah <laughs> what is this white lady doing get her away <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen what you're talking about there was one where she was making like some sort of you know you know because we we ha i mean you can't lie like we have a tendency to put like whipped cream and shit and things and be like ooh salad no. right <laughs> it's fruit salad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, like the, the whole concept of ambrosia. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a bunch of shit and uh, there you go. <laughs> Salad now. Um, but yeah, that's like he was talking about that. There was some kind of like salad thing that she was making that she put like mayonnaise and shit in it. And he was like, oh, my God, white people put mayonnaise in everything. Mm. I put mayonnaise on my mayonnaise. <laughs> Speaking of mayonnaise, did you hear that they're bringing Machup to uh, America? No. Why do you need to bring that? You just take ketchup and mayonnaise and mix it together. Like oh. it's fa that's fancy sauce. Pre-made at the store. It's fancy sauce. <laughs> I always heard of it as fancy sauce too. Yeah, because that's from Step Brothers. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, because that, yeah. Is it? Yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah. So, but not only that too. If you want to get uh, uh, interior state, I no, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, inter yeah, like amongst the different states of the United States, uh -huh. out west where there's like potatoes aplenty, like Idaho, for instance. They actually have these things at Taco Bell called Mexi Tots. It literally is tater tots, right? But they serve them at Taco Bell. And I was out there visiting some cousins, and I ordered some Mexi Tots. And they said, do you want fry sauce? And I was like, what is this fry sauce you speak of? <laughs> and it's yeah. ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. And, of course, it's Taco Bell, so they mix, like, some, you know, some taco seasoning in it. Yeah. But, like, apparently it's so popular that they specifically had to say only two packets of fry sauce per customer. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is... This is incredible. Like, and I no nobody had ever told me about this before. And now, like, if you go to the place, they have two of them here. There's one on Route One, and there's one over by where I live on Seventeen. Uh -huh. Freddy's. Yeah. If you go to Freddy's, Freddy's has fry sauce. Oh, okay. And it's amazing. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about sauces for the rest of the episode. You remember Chick Fil A sauce when it was new? Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> People act like you can't make Chick Fil A sauce. You can. It's so easy. I wasn't living here in Fredericksburg when that happened, but the funny thing about it is, is when I did move down here, everybody talks about Chick Fil A sauce that's from this area, and they yeah. all have a story about how they knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who was working at the Chick Fil A when it was created. Yeah. And it just it makes me laugh all the time. It's like, yeah, my cousin's brother's friend's roommate. It's so true. Yeah, like he was he invented it, and then they stole it from him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I just like to yell Emilio at people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio! 
it's like that time I met Emilio oh Estevez. I was all God. like, Emilio. Right. I can't like I haven't seen that movie in like ten years. It's you're, such a good you're movie. O- you're overdue. Let me just state right now. What is love? As I talk while I'm chewing, because that's professional. Um, you can't help it. Oh, yeah, it's, too, it's, it's too good, too good, good. to stop eating. It's too damn good. Let me just say the, how underrated um, Chris Kattan is as an actor. <laughs> yeah. Corky guys, Romano. Can we talk about Corky Romano, please? <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going with yes. that. Thank Corky you. Romano was Thank hilarious. You. That and like the best, his best oh, moment ever was in when he's in the movie. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's him. It's uh, Eddie Griffin. It's uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in it as well. What? Um, Undercover Brother. Oh, okay. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> when he just he doesn't want to admit that he loves like rap and like R and B and stuff like that, and he turns on um, Mary J Blige, and he like just can't help it, and he just starts dancing. That's like the best part of that movie. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get back out of the rabbit hole and get into our weird news because we are uh, we're four minutes late. <laughs> So, tonight in Weird News, we're going to talk about the Sharknado. <laughs> that legit people were afraid of. Mike is shaking his head on the side of the table. <laughs> now, if, 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 yeah. if, if you follow the interwebs like we like to do, um, in the hurricane recently that uh, came about and then dissipated relatively quickly once it hit land and just ended up with a lot of floodwaters, uh, there was a time when it was suggested that sharks had entered the hurricane, <laughs> and we had a, sh- a shark hurricane. I don't know. There's no fusion of those words I can think of. A shar- shark? Shark? Shark-a-cane. Shark-a-cane. <laughs> Shark-a-cane. Hurricanado. <laughs> Hurricanado. I don't know why, but Cato Kalen just popped into my head. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Hurricane uh, Shark Florence. It doesn't make sense. I just like Shark Florence. I think that works. Shark Florence. Yeah. yeah Florence and the Shark Machine. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well done. Oh no. So this apparently is is something this this Scottish journalist does like during every hurricane. Yes, because he did it with Sandy. Because I remember when they showed the floodwaters in New Jersey from Hurricane Sandy, he would just like Photoshop a picture of a shark just swimming in the waters, like <laughs> right. between somebody's house, and like he does it every time, and people always fall for it. And it's like, it's like okay, do you ha, do you ever watch Conan O'Brien? Oh yeah, yeah. You know how Paul Rudd, whenever Paul Rudd comes on Conan O'Brien, uh, Conan O'Brien, he's like, hey, I'm gonna play you a clip from my new movie, and it's always a clip from the movie Mac and Me. Like every <laughs> single time, and like you know he's gonna do it. Yeah, you know it's gonna happen. It's kind of like, uh, and then he does it anyways, and it's still funny. Like it's, it's kind of like how Jimmy Kimmel never has time for Matt Damon. Yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing with this guy in the sharks. Like you know he's gonna do it. Here it comes, and then it does it, and everybody's like, "Oh, there's sharks in the hurricane." <laughs> I did see a real video. At least I assume it's a real video of a dog, like like snatching fish up out of the <laughs> out of the. <laughs> floodwaters we were um, we were watching like the 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 hurricane as it was hitting north carolina and south carolina and like all the flooding that was happening and the most captivating thing to watch because they had like five different it was like split screen and they had all these different things that were going on and like in myrtle beach there was just a patrol of guys on a boat just going through the streets and they were picking up stray animals that people had left 
And that was like more captivating than anything else. Like you have the other people who are like, I'm standing here and the wind is 50 miles an hour. And I didn't care about that. No, these guys like going to rescue dogs off of porches that were freaking out because the dogs were like, we don't know what to do. Our people are gone and there's water coming. And like, yeah, that was more exciting. And they would like cut away from it. I'm like, no, no, go back to the pets, man. Come on. <laughs> That's way more interesting. I want to see this golden retriever get off that roof. <laughs> exactly. Right. They saved this cat and this poor cat. Like you could tell he was freaked out, but he was just like. I don't want to be here. I'm not comfortable. I don't like you holding me like this, but I know you're the only person that's going to save me. Yeah. So the cat was just like, just whatever. And like, like perched himself on the guy's shoulder. It was, it was kind of cool. So this next story, I'm not buying. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. So are there bodies buried in the Hoover Dam? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, this is what, or not, I guess is the whole thing. This is from Ripley's, um, believe it or not. And it is, it is labeled as an or not. Um, in today's world, many mixed conceptions have been perpetuated, becoming modern-day facts, when in reality, myths hearsay have taken over. Sorry to burst your bubble, but in this weekly column, Ripley puts those delusions to the test, turning your world upside down, because you can't always believe it. So today is how many bodies are buried in the Hoover Dam. Um, and as you go through the article, uh, they're saying that it's, it's the high number of fatalities surrounding the, the, the building of the Hoover Dam uh, is where the thoughts of the collective American imagination that led people to believe that the bodies of workers would just be tossed into the concrete mix, never to be seen again. So, um, I, I don't think that we could definitively say that, that this is just a rumor. Um, because unless you chip away at the concrete and find that there are no bones in there, right? how can you say, no, this didn't happen? Unless there, unless there are funeral records of every single person, and records were kept of every single person that worked on the Hoover Dam, like which is unlikely. I just but, think I, don't, I just don't think it can definitively be ruled out that but there are like, bodies in the concrete. Wouldn't the bodies like still deteriorate? I mean, I guess like now that I think about it, like it probably wouldn't be enough to affect the concrete at all because of the amount of concrete that there is, but. Well, and concrete by itself is, is pretty caustic in the first place. So, like, if you've ever seen anybody who works on works with concrete on a regular basis uh-huh. and they don't have the proper protection, like, you'll see their arms, like, the skin on their arms is, like, burned from yeah. the concrete. So I would think that it would probably break the bones down eventually. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. If there's bones in there. But I'm, I'm yeah. Like, it's, I know that there's a ton of fatalities in the building of it, but it just seems kind of unlikely that they're going to be like, well, they're dead. They not just chuck them in there. Like, it's... Yeah. Make it stronger. Let's just we'll, we'll just leave it. It's fine. Johnny was a good worker until that pickaxe befell him. Let's throw him in there. It'll make the wall stronger. No, it's not going to work like that. Like, I feel like maybe that happened to like one person. Like they fell in. Like they fell into it while they were like pouring or yeah. something, and then it just became gospel. And this was <laughs> this was near Las Vegas, and we know that the mafia has a ties to Vegas. So the mafia yeah. putting somebody in there with concrete, and they're like, "Hey, where did uh, where did Johnny go?" And uh, one of the guys like straightens his tie, and he's like, hey, "He had an accident. I don't know where he went." You know, like that could have happened. Yeah, I mean, EK, you're our expert on the mafia. Um, I tell That's you, but I, I tell you, but I have to kill you. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so the biggest argument is that like these these slabs would be built in the slabs that comprise the dam would be built in like sections, and mm-hmm. one slab would have to set before they built the next one and it took a really long time for the slab to set so the odds of someone falling into the concrete and sinking without any help um especially when there was so many people working it's just incredibly incredibly unlikely um 
and plus, just like you were saying, you know, it's it's decaying organic material. Uh, it would it would cause air pockets to form over deterioration over time, which would decrease the structural stability of the dam and ultimately causing issues. Um, so, like in 2037, when this dam breaks and all these bones come flying, or lack thereof, um, I don't want to hear anybody bitching that. Oh, it's real. You you tried to warn us all. You can't. I know you guys just don't listen. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I play games in my own head. I know you guys so listen. the another possible explanation for this legend comes by way of another large dam, uh, Montana's Fort Peck Dam, which was an er- it was the at the time it was the world's largest earth-filled dam, and eight workers were buried alive. Um, and, it's, and it's easy to, especially in that time frame in in 1936, it would have been easy to confuse the location and without verifying, you know, Snopes.com didn't exist back then. So they could, <laughs> you know, if somebody said, hey, did you hear at the Hoover Dam, eight guys got buried alive. Like, oh, yeah. And then they tell 16 people and telephone game happens. So uh, the funniest thing about this article, as if there was anything funny about it to begin with, um, is the closing line. Still, one thing's for certain. There's no damn way any bodies are buried in the Hoover Dam. <laughs> I'm so glad they made that joke. That's my favorite joke. Anytime, like, uh, where's a- the where's the damn bathroom in this place? Like, where's the damn bathroom? <laughs> I haven't seen any damn pictures. I guess I'll have to take my own damn pictures. <laughs> I wonder if this is a goddamn. It's a goddamn. Goddamn. Three compelling reasons. Why we haven't found aliens yet? Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the article just yet because I want to bring out the most convincing argument about uh, why we haven't found aliens yet. Knew it. And it's brought to us by <laughs> Bill Watterson. Calvin Hobbes, Bill Watterson. That's correct. Nice. There was a cartoon that was depicted where Calvin says. I think the surest sign that there isn't intelligent life, or the surest sign that there is intelligent life out there yet, is that they haven't come to see us yet. I mean, yeah. Um, and he's referring, and he, I think at the time he's looking at like trash on the ground in the grass. And he's like, yeah, I think the, and a tree cut in half or something like that. And he's like, I think the surest sign that there's uh, alien life out there is that they're smart enough not to, not to interact with us. Us destructive humans. Destructive. Yeah, we're bad. We're bad. So, um. Oh damn, they didn't. They didn't give us bullet points. It's just a straight like eight paragraphs. What's going on here? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was looking for the bullet points. So, at well, two, in 2017, a team out of the University of Oxford proposed for the uh, estivation hypothesis. Um, it's the idea that aliens are hibernating, kind of like a bear, but for longer. Right. Um, they reason that any advanced civilization will eventually merge with machines, fulling, uh, forming a fully digitized society that can think, act, or function on levels beyond our imagination. Um, the only problem with that is cooling. Uh, processing systems here on Earth, for example, become ten times more efficient when they're in environments that's ten times colder. So digital aliens would see the logic of hibernating for a few trillion years or while the universe expands and cools. That way they can devote more time to 
devote more processing power towards important activities like conquering the galaxy instead of simply keeping their systems from overheating. Hang on one second. I actually have to add that name to our list of band names. Which one? And Digital Aliens. Digital Aliens? <laughs> yes. That is a dope name for a band. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. Um, so there's also the Galen bottleneck hypothesis. Yeah. Um, which says that uh, a lot of rocky planets no older than one billion years have unstable climates and eventually grow too hot or too cold for life to exist long term. Uh, like Venus, Earth, and Mars, for example. Four billion years ago, each planet had the right conditions for life and may have even harbored simple microorganisms. But as far as we can tell, only life on Earth survives today. The reason, according to the bottleneck hypothesis, is that early life on Earth evolved rapidly, releasing huge amounts of gases of oxygen, like oxygen, into the atmosphere and ultimately helped stabilize the climate. Um, but this behavior is likely the exception to the norm. So maybe the reason we haven't found aliens yet is because they're all dead. Yes. Which is kind of dark. Whoa. It is dark. I mean, the, so it's like there was planet on all, or there was live life on all the planets. There we go. Um, and what? Everybody just became extinct right? all at once. Maybe one planet right after another mm. until we were smart enough to find the other planets. <laughs> I think you're onto something. I just think that like, okay, so we haven't found any other planets, right? That are habitable, that are close. Right. Not, I, not like ours. I mean, it's entirely possible that maybe there are aliens out there and the reason they haven't visited us is because it's like... Okay, so it's like you have a friend in high school, and he moves to Washington State, and he's like, "Dude, you should always come and visit. You gotta come visit. You gotta come visit." And you're like, "Dude, it's far and it's expensive." Yeah, I think it's the same reason. Like they're like, "Hey, have you heard about <laughs> Earth? Like we're getting radio broadcasts and their TV broadcasts from like the '80s, and it's awesome. They got these great shows. We should go visit Earth. I bet you it's dope. Have you seen the show Perfect Strangers? Like they look like they're living the life, and they want to come visit us, but then they're like, eh, it's really far.'" And then like, there's another guy that comes in. He just pops his head around the corner, and he didn't say anything. He just kind of looks at everybody in silence, and then they all kind of look up at him, and then he looks back at them in silence, and then they look back up at him, and then he goes, Axe, body, spray. And, there they, is, all, yeah. and they all go, yeah, <laughs> fuck that place. Yeah. Yeah, there's always one guy that talks them out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we were going to go. Like, we were totally set for going to Earth. But, like, have you seen that movie Wild Wild West? Dude, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> like, the movie was awful. Will Smith was in such good stuff before that. I'm not going. I'm boycotting. I'm boycotting Earth. Forget it. I don't oh, care no. if they had those cool sunglasses you could get at Burger King that were from Wild Wild West. No, I, dude, I don't want to go. No, it's it's probably purer than that. <laughs> Did you see Cavill's editing out of that mustache? <laughs> well, they haven't gotten that yet because you know, it takes a while for the <laughs> while. <laughs> for the signal to get all the way out there. So you got to go like '80s and '90s references for this one. How, do you see how? Do you see the asshole that they chose to represent us? <laughs> Kalel, like that's how we pronounce it. Oh come on, come on! Everyone knows it. <laughs> that's the correct pronunciation. Everyone knows that. And not only that, like the symbol on his chest is supposed to mean hope. Come on. And they got it backwards. It's yeah. completely reversed. Yeah, jeez. Oh, wow. Spell it like that, and it means turkey sandwich. Come on. Come on. Everybody has turkey. All planets. So the last theory, um, <laughs> you which guys was are super nerdy. <laughs> <Okay>. Yup. <laughs> yes, we are. The last theory is proposed by a planetary scientist, Alan Stern, in 2017. Um, so after a ye a, about a year after, evidence suggested that Pluto harbors an underground ocean. Um, in fact, worlds like Pluto, Europa, and Encladius, Encel Enceladus, Enceladus, 
that have uh, icy shell above a vast subterranean ocean may offer a better incubator for life than Earth, um, which is more vulnerable vulnerable to extreme temperature changes and high uh, energy radiation when it strikes the surface. So if this turns out the case, uh, any intelligent life that might be swimming on these worlds would be shut off from the rest of the universe, potentially unable to communicate because of the icy shell. And I think that is a, that is a very interesting theory. Yeah. All of these theories have to do with, like, climate change. Yeah. So it's just, it's the dinosaur theory. Mm. Over and over. No. Nah, different ways. I've got a better dinosaur theory, and nobody wants to admit it. Dino- Dude, cavemen like steaks. Dinosaur steaks are what's up. You watch too much mm. Flintstones, okay? That's what I was going to say. We like, all did like, it. We all saw Fred Flintstone get that giant rack of ribs, and we were like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I want that rack of ribs. Brontosaurus burgers? Are you serious? Yeah. Mm. So you're saying we ate dinosaurs into extinction? <laughs> yep. I mean, he might be onto something. We ate them until they were gone. I'm just glad. I'm just happy that like chocolate's not gonna go extinct extinct anytime soon. That's not gonna go extinct anytime soon, is it, Courtney? Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that right now. It could with climate change, man. You don't <laughs> know. On next week's know. episode, chocolate conspiracies. Uh, <laughs> chocolate. Oh my! There's so many. There are, and that's there what's really funny. Are there really are. Wait, what? Yep. Uh, yes. But you're gonna have to tune in next week because now, now that I've sparked that flame, we're gonna now have to talk gonna about talk it. We're gonna talk about chocolate. So uh, this does it for us tonight. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Of course. Make Thanks sure for having ch- me, man. Make sure you check out "Stop Me If You've Heard This One" and all the other content on the Great Geek Refuge. Um. And thank you for listening. Courtney, would you like to say goodbye? Bye. And Mike, you can also say goodbye. (laughs) Thanks. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.